Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. E F F E C T, a smooth operator operating correctly. And, um, and yeah, 
that's the that's the gist of like what it is. <laughs> For those folks that don't know, because I'm probably showing my age here, but different. I I don't want to say it's kind of like a renaissance in terms of when it came about, but different world. Um, house party and those things. For those that don't know, can you share them what that meant, what that was about, what those you know what those projects you know really meant to the community, to filmmaking and theater at large? Can you talk touch on that? Well, I can't. I don't know if I can speak for everyone, but I I know that a lot of people feel the same way that I do. Like I do. I mean, for me, I was yeah. I mean, I was younger. I was pretty young, but I still like I was always glued to the television, watching a different world and. It meant a lot to see young, educated um, um, black students in college dealing with all these different issues, relationships, their parents, money, school. It was just super entertaining. Um, the writing was great, and, and, like, so many, you know, great actors came through that show. You know, pretty much everyone came through that show. You were like, wow, like, this is – you know, and there's nothing like that anymore, and that makes me sad because I'm just like, I feel like there needs to be more opportunities, especially for actors of color, um, to showcase their talents, and um, that's part of why I'm doing this as well, to showcase my talent, showcase the talent of other, you know, 20-something really talented actors out yeah. there. Yeah, we mentioned that we had ran a clip because we'll definitely make sure you give a shout out to the Indiegogo website where they can people can make a donation to help bring this awesome vision to uh, reality to fruition. But we talked, um, we played some of the audio clips from your actors. Can you give us a rundown of the talent you have in this mix? Yeah, uh, so um, the main main um, character, a uh, female character, is Maven. She's an Afro-Latina girl who's a, um, a pre-law student. Um, she's being played by Sarah Moreno, who's actually Afro-Latina. She's half Venezuelan, half Trinidadian. Really spicy uh, mix right there. Uh-oh, uh-oh. <laughs> and then I have um, the lead male character. Is, um, the character's name is Capital H, and that's being played by Shaguna Kande, and he's a, a Nigerian-American uh, he's playing a Nigerian-American Brooklyn-bred MC and college dropout. Um, and he um, he's actually ra- born and raised in Brooklyn, so he's completely <laughs> got that <laughs> part of it down. Um, that's something you can't really catch, you know. It's really tough. Like, you really right. got to find someone who's born and raised in Brooklyn. It's just sometimes it's a very specific thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, I got Leela, who's a hurricane, uh, a hurricane Katrina survivor, an aspiring chef. That's the character, and she's being played by this um, talented friend of mine named Lori Parquet, who's actually from New Orleans and actually went through Hurricane Katrina. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm loving our cast right now. Um, everyone's everyone's got such raw talent, and um, all of these characters are really fun. Um, and they're all dealing with their own personal issues um, with with in regards to growing up. And the MC is like so consumed with his music career, he can't pay his bills on time. Um, um, I'm playing a character named Jasmine, who's a Ethiopian American model, um, who's very promiscuous and drinks a lot and all that stuff, and ends what? up causing a lot of the drama at the party. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the drama causer at the party. Um, yeah. Um, but it's going to be a lot of fun. I really feel like it's a great balance of comedy and, like, you know, but they're dealing with real issues, you know. It's not just all fluff, and and that was important for me as far as the story. 
How was the run process for this? Because it's not easy to do what you do or any creative person. And beyond the writer's process, when did you realize, you know, I really need to make this into a movie to share with the masses? Do you remember that point or did it just happen? I really, before? really do. And it's so funny because no one really asked me that. But I really think it's, but it's, a good, it's an interesting story. Um, so, well, first the idea came. At the end of 2007, I was at a house party at Lori Parquet, one of the actors who's in the movie. I was at her house, and, you know, with all these people graduated from Cornell, graduated from other Ivy League schools, everyone's, you know, kind of moaning about their jobs or lack of job. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, you know, there's great music playing. And I was just like, when was the last time someone made a really good house party movie? I mean, I loved house party you know, everyone remembers the dance scene, like get and play, you trying to do that in your room. Like, it's just, it was just the great energy. And so I was like, okay, this would be a great idea. And, and you know, I wrote it down and all that stuff. And then it came at the time, this is the part that's so crazy. I don't know about any other artists out there, but most artists have like, like 15 to 20 different jobs before they finally, you know, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Whatever. And at the time, I was working, crazy enough, at a commercial real estate firm, right? Mm. And I remember coming into work this, like, a couple months later. Like, I had already written down that, you know, the just the basic idea for One Night in Brooklyn, but I didn't start writing it. And I kept saying, you know, when you work the 9 to 5, you, you keep telling yourself you're going to come home after work and work on your outline mm-hmm. and be a great writer. And then you get home and you go to sleep. Or you watch TV, or you're just tired, and it just kept happening. And I wasn't, I was not making any progress. And I was just like, I can't do this. So I had this literally ridiculous one day. Just literally was at work, and I was like, I can't do this anymore. I have to quit my job, or else I'm never going to write this script. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) And I I literally went in. No, but like you know how most people have that feeling, but they stay there. Mm -hmm. My crazy behind. (laughs) And right at that moment, got up in the middle of the day, went to my boss's office and was like, I'm so sorry, I have to quit. Wow. (laughs) And I quit. I swear to you, I quit my job that day. And two weeks later, the entire first draft was written. Wow. Mm. Two Mm. weeks later, the entire first. It's Mm. like something about, like, for me, I could feel like something about my creative brain space just wasn't, you know, maybe I should have taken vacation instead of whatever, but I was just like, I'm going to quit. I just can't, you know. Um, but that, that's part of, like, you know, that's, that's part of what's in this movie. Like, my own, like, I feel like a lot of me is in this movie, a lot of people I knew is in this movie, but that whole, like, trying to balance being an artist and, and, and you know, working and stuff. And um, back in the day, like, I used to be very, like, all or nothing it's Mm -hmm. all about my art you know (laughs) but at the time I mean I don't think I would have ever gotten that script written if I hadn't left because something about you know there was something going on there so yeah that is something I think (laughs) as crazy that may seem I'm sure just that theme alone a lot of people can relate to like yeah. should I leave? Should I leave or should I go? Was there a song? Should I leave or should I go? Something like that. Should I leave? No. Should I stay? Yeah. Like this is a... Wow. Listen up. Can we give? I want to give a little shout out to House Party. Let's give a little commercial break. Uh, play a little cut from that awesome soundtrack. That okay with you? Hey. Yeah. Let's All do right. it. Now, if we come back and you hear sirens and knocking, uh, people, that's my side of the microphone. So, um, 
<laughs> we'll be we have to preempt the show at another time. What's this? Uh, so is this part one, part two for us? What's this? This is part two, my brother. All right, all right. Um, make sure part make three sure. might come soon. <laughs> we shall see. We shall see. That's a good movie title right there. We should do that, people. <laughs> part one, part two, part three. People, of, <laughs> people of the world, today, why you want to get funky on me? Let's let it ride. You know, James. I don't know why she's getting funky on me. You know what I'm saying? saying, saying. Like to dance, 
you know? True, right, right. <laughs> and, like, that's not really my cup of tea. Like, no offense or anything. It's just, like, I, I just know that there's a lot of people between the ages of 18 and 30 that would be okay with seeing some cool, you know, 20-something, um, you know. And, and I don't – the other thing is that um, when you don't have those movies that have um, – the younger actors in it, it's almost like, see, because a different world, this is why those things are important, because a different world and all those 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 types of um, entertainment, they ushered in a whole new generation of actors, and now all of those people are, what, like in their 30s, like late 40s, mm-hmm. you know, and yeah. and then there's nothing happening, so obviously there's no new talent coming to the forefront. <laughs> so it's like... I don't, there needs to be more. There just needs to be more. I'm definitely um, not going to wait for anyone to create something. And I feel like One Night in Brooklyn is definitely going to be something that fills a void. And also does it in a, in a different way because I want to rep the diaspora, mm-hmm. you know, um, and really have all of these culturally specific characters repping their, um, repping their culture. Um, and that's that's something also that we haven't seen before either um, mm-hmm. in the states. So I think that that would be really cool. And that, and that was actually something you mentioned in the description when we had um, did a preview on your on the outstanding movie last week, Trans Africa. And it's very mm-hmm. interesting because it's I actually did a post on my Facebook. Is when you get Africans in a room, it's more like oh you're from where you're from where. But when you get a lot of people that are non-African, you get that one African, they think you're from that one country. You know, I'm Congolese. Oh, you're Nigerian. Oh, you're Nigerian. Oh, you must be from Ghana. But a trans-African house party, what's that mean, if you could explain to those that don't know? Because there's a lot of folks that don't know. I know. Right. Okay, yeah. I'll be there. Well, trans-African, I, I define it as not being afraid to honor where you come from and allowing that to express where you, where you are today and as being someone from the diaspora. That's what I define it as. But trans-African refers to Africans within diaspora, like African-Americans, Afro-Europeans, Afro-Latinos, um, and Afro-Europeans. You know, it, there's because now there's it's not – there's this whole generation that was born and raised and transported from Africa and living elsewhere. Mm-hmm. So it's really all of these people, this huge audience that is just outside of Africa. Ooh, my phone's ringing. Um, this huge audience, which is outside of Africa, um, that, um, you know, is yearning for content, yearning to see stuff like themselves. Um, so I can't that's wait. really what it is for me. I can't wait to see it. I can't wait to see it. How can people participate? I know you're on Indiegogo. We talk about the replay. Give some information on that and any other places they can find out to make a donation and things like that. It's all yours. What's going on? Yeah, so right now we are raising funds to make this film happen. Um, uh, Films like us need support from the community because we don't have stars. You know, we're not like, we don't have stars. We're young cast. We're young cast of unknown actors. And it's a new story. So um, we decided to take it to Indiegogo um, and and do some other things as well. But um, we started a campaign on Indiegogo. It's www.indiegogo.com backslash one night in Brooklyn. And anyone can go there and donate $10 and up um, online. And there's various perks for doing so. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And our donations are tax deductible because we have a fiscal sponsor from the Heart Productions. Mm. Um, basically, as one of their projects, um, anytime anyone donates, it's completely tax deductible, and there's a tax ID number and everything that you can get. Um, so, nice. yeah, we need, we definitely, I feel like it's it's definitely really important to support stories that you're interested in, that you haven't seen on screen, and kind of consider it paying it forward. It's almost like buying a movie ticket early because a lot of films, independent films like that, would not get made without the support of community and, and people being like, yes, I want to see this, and voting with their dollars, you know? Mm-hmm. And tax-deductible people. That's critical. Tax deductible, people. You hear that? Ten dollars, not, 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 not naira, <laughs> dollars. <laughs> so you know some people. Well, I've been, I'm trans-African. Here's some tea from naira or some Kwanzaa. Uh, no, <laughs> U.S. dollars. That's really people. funny that you say that because my cousin, one of my cousins, just donated the other day, and he, it was a joke. But I, I, he was a joke when he sent me a text like, "Can I? Do you accept naira?" And I was like, "Ha ha no, ha <laughs> 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 no." Now, that's funny. That's funny. That is funny. Uh, <laughs> what what's what's uh, the casting process? How was it for the movie? But before we think, not uh, uh, skip not just the, the casting, the actors. What about the creative team behind the cameras? Can you give a shout out about who they who's who's the players behind the lens? Yeah, sure. Um, um, I am obviously the writer, and I'm going to be directing it. It'll Uh-oh. be my first film, um, mm-hmm. feature film, directing it. And then my DP, um, the director of photography, is this awesome woman named Sherry Couch. And um, she went to Ithaca College the same time that I was at Cornell University. And I was in her thesis film while she was at Ithaca College. And that's when we met years ago. And then she went off to AFI Conservatory in L.A. Mm-hmm. Um, and she is really super talented. Um, a film that she DP'd a couple years ago won the BTJ Best Shorts um, competition. And she just goes all over the globe working as a DP. So she's, you know, very experienced. She's done features. She's even done features where she's um, DP'd and directed at the same time. Um, Yeah, which is like, I love that because I I was thinking, as someone who's performing in the – in the film, even though it's like I just have an ensemble role, I'm not like the main, main person or anything, it's still really hard to navigate being in front and behind of the camera. And I really wanted somebody who could support me in the process and make it a lot easier um, to do that. And and Sherry really does that for me because she has experience as a DP and a director, you know? Wow. Wow. So, yeah, so that's, um, that's a DP. And then um, we have a really great line producer. She's um, worked on tons of television shows and films in New York, and it's really important to get someone who understands the beast that is New York because when you're <laughs> shooting there, you just need to know specifics, you know, mm-hmm. of how to make that work. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have um, – and then we have to get, like – I mean, there are other core – the other – I guess the other core really important um, team member for me was the costume designer. Because um, okay. fashion is hugely important to me. Um, and so I got Eniola um, Zawadu, who is 
this um, fabulous young Nigerian costume designer. She costume designed Pariah, the movie. Wow. And um, she's been assistant costume designing on a lot of really great movies. And um, she really understood my vision as far as that, which is really important to me because the fashion for me is very important in this film. I feel like it's going to create the whole energy of, you know, the scene and the and the vibe that I'm trying to create. Um, so I'm really excited to have her on board as well. Um, yeah, so those are our core people for now, and we have, like, a, t- a ton of people to hire once we get things popping, but, yeah. Well, people, you know, out there in the listening land and diaspora, let me tell you something, you know, if you check at Sosa's background, you're going to see she's just always been about the mission, and if you just heard the lineup she's bringing in front and behind the camera, for all you folks out there, it's always like, when are we going to see some good stuff? When are we going to see love? When are we going to... Here you go. Here's your opportunity. Get, you know, what President Obama said, take off the bedroom slippers, put on the shoes, get online, you're listening to me right now, get to PayPal, get to something, get down, India, go, go, send it to me if you want, I'll take my 10%. Oh, another conversation, I'm sorry. Um, people, <laughs> it's a great project. It's, 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 you can hear the passion in her voice. You can hear what's going down. And when you see what's out there, it's not comparing, but there's an entire audience out there that remembers those days, the house parties, the block parties, just the love, people showing up. And it's said in Brooklyn, what... How has Brooklyn? Are you are you sitting in today's Brooklyn or trying to get the flavor of Brooklyn back in the '90s? What's the mix here? It's definitely not Brooklyn back in the '90s. It's it's more like today's Brooklyn. When I wrote it, mm-hmm. I wrote it for being like relevant to exactly the time that I was in. So like 2008, 2009. Right. Um, and and I feel like I'll I'll probably just update it to be like now because the thing that's so funny is that even though then Hurricane Katrina was even bigger on more prevalent on people's minds Mm -hmm. um, and then I also have a Marine who um, was serving uh, serving overseas who came back he's one of uh, like a minor character there's still all of this stuff that's very relevant right now to just Mm -hmm. kind of tweak and just and I feel like um, New Orleans and the people of New Orleans should not be um, should be still um, on people's minds because there's a lot of people still dealing with that and still mm. feeling the effects of that, and, and everyone kind of stopped talking about it. So it'll be great to um, to have it be relevant, you know, mm. and and have people really think about that again. Mm. People are yeah. My sister was down there. She said people she was stunned by what's not on the news of what's going on down there. It's really heartbreaking. Really heartbreaking. Yeah. Now you know. Yeah. You know you're going to do this thing in Trans-Africa and in Brooklyn. People want to know, tell us about the music. What's the flow of the music you're going to have in this thing? Yeah, so the music is super important, and we I haven't found the right producer yet. Like, I want I want somebody epic, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I, <laughs> I really want someone really, no, seriously, like, epic. So that's what I'm putting out in the universe, and that's what I'm expecting to get back, and I'm not really going to settle for anything less. So you'll know as soon as I know when that, when that epic person has come, but I'm looking for him Hans um, at Zimmer. the current time. You want Hans hmm? Zimmer? Hans Zimmer from Gladiator? What if he, he might text you, so be ready. You never know. <laughs> cool beans. Cool beans. Yeah, I'm, I'm really hoping that I can get somebody um, that – understands Brooklyn and also under, is able to kind of like fuse in some like, you know, sounds that give it a diaspora feel as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's definitely going to be centered on hip hop, especially because the, um, 
the um, male lead is an MC. So who has all those jobs and can't pay his bills? How many artists <laughs> yeah. out there can't relate to that? <laughs> so, <laughs> let's do it like this. Let's give let's give him a little flavor of uh, back in uh, some uh, old hip hop from Brooklyn. What, what, actually, you're the guest. You know how we get down. You want to hear some uh, old school hip hop from Brooklyn, old school reggae, or old school? What do you want? Hip hop from Brooklyn. I was listening to your little sample when I was um, was on hold, and I was like, up, up, up. I like all those songs. Yeah, I would have played the whole songs of each cut, but I was on the runs. I was, you know, mixing from bush to bush. So, uh, (laughs) I got you. I got you. People, let's go back in the day. Sometimes, you you know, you're pushing real hard, and you're working at that job, and you're like, I have to go create. I have to go create. You know, you get to that ledge, you got to know the ledge. Rakim, come talk to us, brother. Got enough to go around, and the thought takes place uptown. I grew up on a sidewalk while on the street talking. They talk to all New York. I go to Queens for Queens to get the food from Brooklyn. They phony in Manhattan and never been took it. Go uptown in the Bronx and boogie down. Get strong on the island, the cool to lay around. Time to build my juice back up. Pop that up. Suckers get smacked up. Don't doubt the clout. You know what I'm about. I hope it's all knocking it out. Shaking them up. Waking them up. Breaking them up. Breaking them up. Standing on shaky ground. Let's see if I know the ledge. Corners trifling, cause shorties here. I get cocked deep, living 40s to beer. Here's a tip with a cruise, that's the seat. If I get prevents, then they rest in peace. Somebody got a stuff, I just might spare one. They give a brother a fair one. Stay alert and on feed. And I do work with these, like Hercules. Switch the South Pole, switch the right door. But I move like an army Put a few down case brothers got upon me Putting brothers to rest like Elliot Ness Cause I don't like stress Streets ain't a place for innocent bystanders to stand Nothing's gonna stop the plan I'll chill like the Reno, feel like the middle Black and Reno, die like a hero Living on shaky ground, too close to the edge Let's see if I know the land Bodies are found throughout the town. Try to put shame in my game to make a name. I'ma put it on a bullet, put it in your brain. Rip the block like a buckshot. Who cares where it goes? Just keep the cast closed. No remorse when the life is lost. I paid my dues, I paid the cost. And my pockets are still back. Wherever I'm at, I get the wealth of Mac. Even if I'm poor, speak for one day. High black attention, people like to speak. So come say hi to the bad guy. Don't say goodbye, I don't plan to die. Cause I get loose and I got shoot. And crazy juice, ain't control of many, like I have told you many. Hang out with people west, don't try to play me. I'm at war a lot, I don't walk a dot. But no war in a shop, I'm gonna throw them a lot. When I put the beat, the smoke will never clear. Area of fear, it just hits the fear. Living life too close to the edge. Hoping that I know the leg. Dope Capone, sweat me. You didn't want to let me lose, come get me. That's if you want to sip the juice, cut the streets, 
We got a club going on. All right, y'all, I have to slow it down back here. We have a source on the line. Okay, so it's we back. I'm sorry. We like doing a little, a little groove over here. You know, Africans, you know how we get down. <laughs> we have a question. We have, we have a question here. Natalie Morales is writing. We have a lot of people in Miami today. She has a question for you, if, uh, if you if I don't mind if I pose it to you. Okay. She wants to know, she's really stunned by, I'm tra- paraphrasing here, but she's really surprised and really moved by how you felt the creative spirits push you to say, you know, I need to leave this job and move on to my cre- my destiny, uh, lack of a better word. She wants to know what advice you have for um, creative people that find themselves in that position where they want to go follow their heart and their creative juices, but they're in that job that they're afraid to leave. That is from Natalie Morales in Miami. Right. Um, is it Tally? Huh? Neftali. 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 Yeah. Cool. Um, <laughs> you know, I don't know if I'm the best person to give advice on this. <laughs> I don't want you to, like, you know, leave your job and be like, oh, my God, my mortgage payment. <laughs> Why not listen to that girl the sofa? I left my job. Um, no, I just... <laughs> You know, I was just talking to someone about this exact thing the other day, and it was kind of refreshing because it was a friend of mine who he is starting a men's uh, fashion line, um, a line of shirts or something, and he said that he was so angst-ridden, you know, for the same reason because he felt like, oh, my God, what am I going to do? Should I just quit my job? Like, or whatever, and he realized that he didn't have to be that crazy and drastic and that he could just start working on it. Mm-hmm. you know, and then see where it goes. So he's really been putting a lot of time, like, outside of work and um, making it happen that way. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think I think there's sometimes, you know, you have to kind of fill it out yourself because there's that, there's that thing of, like, when work consumes you so much that you are paralyzed and you, you can't, like, flex your creative muscles, which is how I felt. I felt paralyzed. But that's also because I personally, I'm such an artist, I just never work, I've never worked well in um, nine-to-five environments ever. Uh, I just always feel very trapped, and I feel just stagnant, and my creative juices don't flow. It's just really, that's just me. So I would just say feel it out. But um, at the end of the day, all of that, you know, security and, getting up every single day and going to the same place just because you think everyone thinks you should or you feel like you have an obligation to is absolute nonsense because you could get hit by a bus tomorrow. And if you got hit by a bus, I'm sure you would want people to say about you that you were pursuing your passion and that you decide you had the guts to go after whatever it is that you desired and, and try to express the talents that you were given. Um, so that's the kind of the way that I operate, and sometimes it feels drastic and crazy, but I feel like most of the people 
whoever made a mark or whoever really just whatever, I mean, you have to always kind of be crazy to live the life of your dreams. You have to be kind of crazy. You have to kind of accept, you know, you have to kind of be the person who's like, I'm not going to listen to what everyone else is saying. So many people think that what you want to do is impossible. Um, So many people think that it's not possible to make a living sometimes doing what you want to do. And then sometimes it's even like not even like something like super drastic, but it still seems like a huge deal to other people. So it really takes a lot of personal strength, conviction, and dedication to be like, listen, I want to live the best life ever, and I want to at least know that, you know, if I – the time that I spent was well worth it, and I really really pursued, like, expressing myself um, the most that I could. Yeah. And – the character you're playing is a drinking promiscuous character. What was that character you played yes. against? <laughs> she's she's a lost soul. She finds herself at the end, um, wow. at the end of the film because she has a very serious scare. But yeah, she um, the character that I played was actually based on a couple models that I knew in New York who were just crazy. They were just young and crazy. Mm-hmm. Some of them did hard drugs. Some of them whatever, but they were party girls. And I've always known girls like this, and so for me it was like, I'm not going to judge. How about I investigate? Like, what could make someone turn into this? What could make someone turn into this? And there's a lot of things that can. I think that my character definitely has some daddy issues, and then she also has just, in general, she needs, she's the type of person who needs, she needs that adoration and attention, and that's why she's in front of the camera as a model because she mm. needs that, like, to justify herself. Mm. And a lot of people are like that. So it's mm. it's not, you know. And then, you know, the problem is that when you need that and you're not getting it, then you turn to destructive means to fill it up. So mm. she sleeps with people and she drinks to make herself feel like she's worth something. Mm. So I completely understand, you know, where that comes from. Wow. You know, it's very, and how do you strike that balance? Because this is probably to an early, oh, first off, Mark, hold on. Mark in Brooklyn says, thank you for big upping, I guess that's the word, big upping Brooklyn. That's for Mark in Brooklyn. That's to you. Hey, (laughs) Brooklyn. You know, the story, what you did the script, full script now, that's not, I'm a writer, so I know that's really difficult for most people. You did, you did it in short time. What kept yeah. you go? What kept you going when you? Ha- I'm sure you you must have. Well, then again, knowing you, you might not have. But when you have those moments where you said, you know what, this just might not be worth it. This might not happen. What what kept the fires blowing on this? What kept it flowing on this? You know, raging. What kept it moving? Mm-hmm. I- I'm putting um, it together. During the writing process, mm-hmm. it there was never a moment like that. For mm-hmm. me, what happened mm-hmm. was I wrote an outline. And I really just, it was like going to school every day. I just plugged away and I wrote all the scenes. I kept writing them in order. I just kept writing the scenes based on my outline. And that's how I got through it. Um, And I just couldn't stop because at that point I had already room, I had already had, you know, I had been going to work every day, having these character ideas pulsing in my brain and not feeling like I had a way to get them out. So I had been kind of ruminating on it for a little while. So it was just, 
I think it's the best thing that happens when you spend enough time just developing it. Like, it's like it writes itself. So it just mm-hmm. literally just, like, came out of me. And then I was like, oh, snap, I'm done. Whoa, that's a lot. Mm. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> um, but then, obviously, as you know, because you're a great writer, writing is rewriting. So then it's for the next however many years <laughs> rewriting that joint. <laughs> so it's not like it was like, oh, I'm finished, you know. Um, but, but the part that got hard was the years in between the first draft and now, you know, mm-hmm. and, and sustaining it. And there were definitely moments where I was like, I have to step away from this because it's making me crazy. I want this to happen, you know, and you kind of, but the thing that's so funny is mm-hmm. it, it always seems to me that whenever you let go of something is the moment that things start to happen. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is. Mm. There's something about, like, wanting something. There's something about the the process of, like, you know, wanting something, kind of releasing it. Like, I want that. Cool. But then you let go. and You're not frantic about it. You just let go. Like, okay, well, I guess. I don't know if that's going to happen. And I let go. Then all of a sudden, like, things start to happen. So I kind of, actually, maybe like a year and a half ago, I kind of, like, let go of it in that I was, like, not that I was done and whatever, but I was just not actively pursuing it. Mm-hmm. And then I got into, I got cast on a production that was kind of a hot mess that I ended up like kind of fixing, like mm-hmm. helping to fix. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, if I'm spending all this energy on somebody else's product, it was a wake up call because I was like, I'm helping this person fix their stuff when I really should be working on my own projects. And it's obvious mm-hmm. to me because I had to like, there was just a lot that I was doing. And I was like, wait a minute, this doesn't make any sense. And then from that moment, I I committed to to working on it, and I literally remember um, one year ago, like or like the beginning of last year, beginning of 2011, at my church there's this thing at the beginning of the year they have this like prayer night thing, and mm-hmm. you're supposed to bring whatever it is that you're ruminating, whatever. And I literally put a um, like a, the, my old like perspectives for one night in Brooklyn on the altar, and I was like, listen. Okay, if this is going to happen, someone's going to have to help me out because I'm not really, you know what I mean? Like, I don't really know what to do. And it's so crazy because, like, a couple months later, I'm in my associate producer. I started, I wrote the whole, we got the whole business plan done. By the end of this year, we we had had the whole new cast. So right now, all I can say is that I've completely relied on a higher power to make this happen because I don't really know, I don't have any, you know, um, yeah, I just, I just, sometimes you just have to let it go and just let it, let it happen, but keep the vision going, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and sometimes you have to feign inspiration. Like sometimes you don't, the inspiration's not there. So you have to just put in the work and get mm-hmm. re-inspired. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've never, it's been four years and I've never s- said to myself, I don't want to make this story. And that's how I know that it has to be made. Like I have not given up on it because I still know that it is relevant. And I feel this really deep um, desire to make it. It's it, For me, it's about independence. And I kind of want to just make this independence movie and, you know, about being young or whatever so I can just move on with my life, <laughs> grow up, you know, move to Cali, leave Brooklyn yeah. alone for a little while. Um, but yeah, I really feel like it needs to be told, and and I I'm really excited um, to see it come to fruition. Mm. 
Let me ask this question here. We have a Genesis in Jersey has a question, but I want to ask this question first. As a writer, I know this happens from me and for a lot of people that don't create. I know musicians are the same way. They hear Michael Jackson couldn't write music. So a lot of times yeah. he, would just, he would literally do what he heard in his head in the tape recorder, you know, back in the day, tape recorder, digital recorder. For me, I want to know if the process is the same for you. When you write your character that's been in your head for so long, does it get to the point where you literally feel like you're just taking dictation, that they're already telling you what they want to say? You ever get that yeah. feeling sometimes? Yeah. Mm. When, I, when, I, when I'm really in the flow with writing, mm-hmm. that's what it feels like. It feels like I'm hearing voices. Like sometimes I couldn't sleep. I would have to get up and write the scene because mm-hmm. I'm hearing the voices chatting back and forth, and I'm like, all right, I got to write it down. Sounds like a crazy person, but I'm not oh, crazy. No. <laughs> but literally hearing characters talking to each other, and you're like, okay, let me write this down, you know? Mm-hmm. Because if you don't write it down right then, sometimes it doesn't come back either. So you have to like, so I have to wake up at three in the morning, like, okay, mm-hmm. let me put this down real quick. Um, yeah, it really did. It did happen like that for me. It happened like that for me before too, because when I was in a while ago, I had written a. I had written a play, and that's how that play came to me, too. It was when I was really in the flow, it was like the stuff was just coming, and I had to wake up and just write it. Mm. So I really, you know, it's like coming through you and not like you're forcing it to to happen. At least that's yeah. what, how it was for me. No, the feeling. See, that that's, no, that's not crazy. Crazy is when you're like me and you're walking down the street and doing the dialogue out loud, and you're doing like four different characters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, know? brother, like, you might not want to do that too long. They're gonna put you. They gonna put you away. They'll lock you up. Why are they clearing away to me? I'm walking down the way. But here's a question from Genesis <laughs> in New Jersey. Genesis, New Jersey, wants to know uh, what was it like when you saw the final cast and heard them read your words out loud. That's from Genesis in New Jersey. Um, it's like no other crack that you've ever. It's like it's just great. <laughs> <laughs> great feeling mm-hmm. you're like wow like this is because you're looking at it and you're like wow like this actually i remember when we did the callbacks and um there's this really funny scene with the guys on the way to the party it's capital h's character the nigerian mc um his best friend who's rocksteady who's like a graphic designer by day but wants to be an mc and he's like you know really thinks he's the bomb and no one really likes his raps that much mm-hmm. and then um <laughs> This character, Blunt, who's addicted to, he's a Dominican guy, and he's kind of addicted to weed and has, like, an issue. Like, he's always, like, trying to smoke pot. So I had all these actors, and then they were in the car, and, like, um, Blunt's character was actually late. And so Capital H and Rocksteady were in the car doing the scene, and then Blunt runs into the audition, like, and then runs into the improv and starts doing it. And it was just like the energy in the room. I was just like, this is amazing. It's just so amazing to see, especially when, you, when people are so talented. They bring extra things to it even, you know. Right, right. Um, so the chemistry between everybody um, and everything, it's just, it's it's so exciting. I can't even explain hmm. how crazy and uncanny it feels to see something that you put down on paper, like actually starting to, like, be real, you know. Hmm. Hmm. This is going to be awesome. Genesis says, again, thank you so much. She says she's from the Bronx, but she has friends in Brooklyn. So she's hey. looking forward to the film. <laughs> you gonna, so are you going to do a one night in, in California when you come out this way? Or are you going to do a one night like in Nigeria or something like that? It's like you're thinking about doing like we a don't leave the franchise? one night alone when I come to Cali. Yeah. We don't leave the one night alone. <laughs> <laughs> you know me. I'm going to leave the one night 
I'm always thinking franchise and sequels. You know me, so I'm sorry. I feel you. I feel you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got to take another musical break here. You want some uh, old school house or old school reggae? Reggae, hey. Reggae, reggae, reggae. Let's see. What can we break off here a little bit here? Uh, You want a little pre-dance hall or some lover's rock? What you want? Lover's rock, baby. Ooh, okay. All right, all right. Are you going to have that classic lover's rock scene in One Night in Brooklyn? Lights are dim. People dancing slow. The the frankincense drifting through the air. Okay, that's another conversation. You know there's got to be that one scene where the lights are off and everybody's (laughs) grinding on. Yeah, of course. (laughs) (laughs) There's got to be that one. Here we go. Let's, let's Every house party movie needs that one scene. <laughs> here we go, people. Let's give her a little Lovers Rock here. Take a little break here. All right, a little Boozy, a little Wayne Wonder, a little Coco Tea. Let's take it home here. You know, that's a bridge. Come on, it's no objective. But from it's going up and we have it.
<laughs> it's going to be a, a really fun set. I can definitely tell. You know, your people's enthusiasm can always say what the final project's going to be. So here we are. We're at the cinema. We're coming to the closing credits. The room is uh, still dark, and people are clapping and walking out the room and walking out the cinema. They see that long line, almost like when Purple Rain first came out, and people are like, oh, my God, what's the film? What's the film? What do you want the folks that just saw One Night in Brooklyn, saw all the work, the talented cast, whatever, and what have you, what do you want them to convey to the people waiting in line to see the next screening? What do you want them to say? I just hope that they say it was a good movie and it was worth your money. (laughs) 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 Pretty simple. Uh, Yeah. You know, anything else they say would be extra because, you know, everyone interprets in their own way. But I hope they said it was a great movie and it's it's totally worth, you know, worth the money. Nice. Nice. Because, you know, I hate that feeling when you go to the cinema and you're like, dang. Where's that? Save my twelve dollars. <laughs> I, I canceled a layaway for this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're like, I could have stayed home, watched <laughs> some on TV, you know. Caught the bootleg. So I know what you mean. Exactly. Caught the bootleg. <laughs> <laughs> you told us we're out of time here. You know we definitely got to do our part three in the, and definitely in the near future. So what's the last words you want to give? And then let me know what you want uh, some house and reggae. You want house to take you out or you want reggae to take out the show? What do you want? Or you want that classic slow jam for the end of, the, end of that house party? What do you want? Hey, classic slow jam. I like classic slow jam. Okay, okay I, got, I got something. We're going to wrap it up with that. We'll take that off air. We'll do that for you. What's the final words you want to give to the listeners? What do you want to talk about? What do you want to say? The form is yours as usual. What's up? I just want to say pursue your passion. Mm-hmm. And whatever that is, and also that I really, really would appreciate you spreading the word about this film. Um, it means everything to me right now, and it, for me, it's not just about you know making a movie. It's about also uh, starting a movement. People to be to have some people on screen that are from the diaspora mm-hmm. and be talking about this idea of being trans African and reconnecting with your roots. Mm-hmm. Um, so please tell people about us. Find us on Facebook. Find us on Twitter. We're on Twitter at, at ONIB Film. We're on Facebook at uh, facebook.com backslash One Night in Brooklyn. And go to our Indiegogo page. And mm. um, we will definitely appreciate the love. Mm. That's actually an interesting word about the love because I think you'll like this quote, this uh, last jam here. So check it out. This is your movie. The lights are low. It's in dark. Now they have to slow it down. They've been playing some bougie, some house music, stuff like that. Now it's time for that slow cut. Can you set up? You don't know what this next song is going to be, but you're the creator. This is one night in Brooklyn. This is your party here. Can you set up the? Can you set up the uh, atmosphere before I close off this show with this slow jam? Can you set it up, please? The atmosphere of the party? Yeah, this is your party. Yeah, what's the atmosphere before with this this slow groove comes on? What is it? Okay, so we got some we got some Nigerians in the house. We got some mm-hmm. Ghanaians in the house. We got some mm-hmm. West Indians in the house. Everybody's colorfully dressed. Everybody's rocking to the music. Mm. There's tons of food. There's fufu, everything from fufu to gumbo mm. to some beef patties from around the corner. Mm. <laughs> mm. Mm. Um, <laughs> um, everybody's jamming. It's kind of the the space is a little getting a little cramped because all these people are coming in and out. Um, mm. And nobody's nobody's afraid to dance. Everybody's getting their groove on. So mm-hmm. it's that kind of party. All right, people. So let's slow it down. These folks, you know, we love you. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, I have my turntables here. I have, let me like some incense here. Okay, uh, who has some bite bit, some uh, oil? Okay, put down the floor over there. 
close the curtains, check the IDs, people. We are out of here. Sosa, thanks for the love. Thanks for the time. We definitely hope. We definitely pray for you. We're definitely riding with you. You know we're going to do whatever we can do because we really believe in you. But as I said, you said earlier, the talents are coming through you from God. So you're just embracing your destiny. That's why it feels so comfortable for you, and that's why you can convey that excitement and love the way you do. So, you know, much love. Do your thing. And people of the world, this is our final jam. Good night.
Oh my goodness, people. That was one night in Brooklyn. Had a nice little groove going on here. Have to wrap it up. But we just got a request from some of the uh, person here at the party. Uh, they want to get one more slow song in here, so I think we can do something for them. They're saying that uh, Sosa said you'd play one more song at this party. So, all right, y'all. This is New York, so trains run 24 hours, so don't worry about missing that last ride. If you ain't got a ride, take that train, take the six or what have you. So let's go a little deliberation, take it off air. People, one night in Brooklyn, show the love. The souls and the crew putting a lot of time in. Thanks for coming out. Hope you enjoyed this groove. We'll definitely do a part three to this party. So for all you lovers in the house, let's let's get down just a little bit here. Let's take it to our Central Africans because this is Trans-African. You know how we get down. So I can catch it at Bingo. One day in Los Angeles, I'm gone. Feli, where you at? Eu te
banana iba donga donga tami siliye fungi nenge nini na wanga na zambe kakopere ngamiralia kalanga pemi silite mekazinde nenge nini na wanga na yuda chapo moli motema lo baba pasola bibi kubani manali Maître Lourouetou, Maître Mouline Zabi, Chomabaya. Le voir Kalanaïe Azmaké, le voir Kalanaïe Bafana la Sifa, la commissionnaliste Azma, la bête Kayo chéri Chouchoua Moutema, attaque 42%, délibéré mon Ina. I thought I was gone. 
But, you know, apparently the party's over. So you have a good time. Thanks for tuning in. Much love. You might have heard some background music where, you know, a wireless connection here, so some stuff might have creeped in. But apparently our girl Genesis in New Jersey has a request. She loved that Lover's Rock cut that we played earlier that had uh, Buju and Wayne Wonder in there. So she wants to know if we can break her off again. And then she wanted to hear this other jam, uh, the first cut. I don't know if we have that here, so we may have to play it another time. But, you know, hey, it's our show. We can do what we want to do. So let's give it that cut again that we played for you so, so earlier. It's that Lover's Rock mix with a little Buju Wonder Coco Tees. A little bit about eight minutes. But I think you can have fun with that. So all you people in the audience, I can see you out there waving and saying, okay, cool, no problem. But a little bit too much grinding in that little corner over there. So, uh, Let's, uh, you know, whatever. Or at least close the curtains or find a room. Anyways, uh, Genesis in Jersey, originally from the Bronx. Here's that Lover's Rock cut you had asked for. No problem. You know, that's a very common, no objective. But from it's good love, we have it. Yeah, but me never left you out, cause we not home from far. You remember? 
Good night. Thank you for coming. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.